Words are like, oh my goodness, they pierce that heart of yours and you with that pain and you like, I cannot believe that person said that. Allow me to reintroduce myself. You're now listening to Growing Up Married, the podcast full of stories, laughs, insights, and real conversations from a couple who's seen just about everything. Now, your host, Chino and Rebecca. What up, y'all? Welcome to Growing Up Married. I'm your host, Chino. And I am Rebecca. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing this week? Uh, Coming back from Thanksgiving, right? Like... Coming back, yeah. Coming back, like you're getting back into the swing of things. Everybody's like, oh my God, I gained so much weight in the holidays. I know. <laughs> I gained 10 pounds, I gained five. That is scientifically impossible. And here comes Chino with the science. It's impossible because you would have to eat 3,000 calories water above. Weight, maybe something, maybe whatever. Then say retention, water salt retention. Yeah, salt. Because <laughs> you know we be having mad salt. For those of you that need sofrito <laughs> and all that other stuff and sazon, you definitely that, gained that weight. That penil, that turkey mm. has salt. And collard greens has salt. Salt, salt, salt. And it absorb, re- is water absorption and yeah. we like feeling like we're heavy. Anyway, we feeling enough like- about that. Yeah, I felt nasty though, Rebecca. Like during while I was eating, I felt good. Well, I felt good. Like Thanksgiving was delicious. My sister in law threw down. Shout out to Ileana. She Shout like, out to Ileana. She killed it. She killed it. Like, it was like you know that's that turkey. Oh my god! And the desserts. Oh, oh man. my goodness! I had a tres leche that was. <clears throat> Uh, the the coconut flan was mm. oh yeah we just ate too much yeah, we, I don't know we about y'all there. but we ate too much I felt full for three days I went on a fast I did also. not a spiritual fast. I just went on a detox I fast. went on a detox because I was like I felt full for three days for real man I I literally fasted I, my last meal was on Sunday at two p.m. and I did a forty eight hour fast I ate again. Yeah, Chino's like... On Tuesday at 3 p.m., yeah. I just did one regular 16-hour fast, still still rejuvenated myself and went to the gym and everything. Felt good. Felt good. Yeah, went to the gym, did all that good stuff. And, you know, Christmas is around the corner, so we'll just do this again and then... Yeah, we'll just go back again. Talk about how much weight we gained and (laughs) it's because of the holidays that we're 60 pounds overweight and, you know, the holidays... It's comfort food. That's what it is. The winter, the cold, you just like want comfort food. So you lean into comfort food. I know. I know. But you know what? It's all good, man. We got to enjoy, right? Ain't nobody here trying to, you know, it's just crazy. Like we're not trying to compete. But if your pressure's high and you got diabetes and stuff. Slow down on the tre leche. (laughs) (laughs) Slow down. Slow down with the Coco Rico. Wow, Coco Rico, you that's a throwback. That's my father's job. That's right up there with Cola Champagne. <laughs> Cola Champagne used to be my like we would drink jam. that with every day. Like I don't know if a lot of people drink like I don't know anymore if they drink that stuff. They shouldn't even be selling that stuff. But that stuff is toxic. That's like diabetes is wor- in a bottle. It's worse than alcohol. <laughs> you rather it's better off you better off drinking tequila. <laughs> You better off drinking vodka because cola, champagne, coco rico, that stuff will get you in the blood vessels. It, it just, once it goes in. It clogs those arteries. It clogs your arteries. Your sugar's mad high. Sugar's you don't high. even got diabetes. Your sugar's high. I know. You're talking about, man, I don't really eat a lot during the day, but because you drink that your stuff. Your insulin levels are crazy. But anyway. Crazy. 
man but that's thanks that's that's our thanksgiving that's our rant. thanksgiving but anyways man we we did we had a great time and that's what counts yeah yeah i had a good time with family it's a, it's always nice so what are we getting into today well, we getting into some deep stuff Uh-oh. um so i just you know we've been talking about like relationships and you were talking about a little bit of everything yeah. That's, what, that's what this podcast is about. It's a little bit about everything, but about our everything. experience about our everything. Experience. So again, we're not marriage professionals, no, nor not. are we relationship ex- professionals. Well, we say an expert is more than 10,000 hours. I think we got more than 10,000 10, hours in marriage. Oh, so then I'm a marriage professional. <laughs> I'm a relationship professional. <laughs> so I'll take that. But you know what? For the sake of, you know, not getting sued or anything, I am not a marriage professional. Yeah. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, we've been talking. We've been talking about relationships. And again, you know, from from our point, our perspective, from our lens, from our lens. Yeah. And everybody has their lens. And uh, I've been talking about like my father. Right. We started talking about my dad and what that looked like and what it looks like today. And um, it's funny. There was this time you if you don't know, I was a, a youth pastor for many, many years. And there was this time in youth ministry where. Uh, I used to I used to run a Friday night every once a month on a Friday night. I would do this uh, this talk show theme. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember one 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 of those themes. And what this looked like was I would have people on the, on, you know, on the on the like stage to say, yeah, it was a panel. So it resembled like the view and I gave it like a Jerry Springer twist. And what that means was it wasn't about the dysfunction in Jerry Springer. It was about like that final three, that last three minutes speech. So I would, the final three minutes or five minutes or 10 minutes would be of me like just kind of preaching. So this one year, we, this one month, um, we were talking about like, who's your daddy? It was something like that. Mm-hmm. That was the title. It was like 2010. And I remember I'm sitting there. I'm actually not sitting, the panel sitting and, One of the kids, he was like, yo, Chino, man, honestly, as the conversation was getting deeper and deeper, he was like, Chino, man, I love you. He was one of the panelists. He must have been about 13 years old. Mm -hmm. He was like, Chino, I love you, man. He goes, and I thank God for you. And he goes, and you don't understand what you've been in my life and who you've been in my life. And I was like, what? And he goes, but I'm going to just keep it real with you. I just want my father. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, and like, you hear that from a thirteen-year-old, yeah, he was I, like the room became silent, and I just I really took that in because it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what's going on in our life if our father isn't there for us, mm-hmm. it just takes such a toll. I know we've seen that so many times, like in different things and different scenarios with different people. Even on TV, you hear that people mm-hmm. like searching for their biological their biological parent, you know, because of that connection. And like some people come from very, like they had great adopted parents. They were in a great environment, but they still have that little bit inside of them that wants to reach out and wants this connection from their biological um, parent. And that's like crazy, right? Like it it doesn't matter the environment where they were raised or who they were with and who took them in. Whether it was crazy or whether it was like loving, yeah. they just like, hey, I wonder why, or I just want to know, you know, they just want to know, or they just yeah. want to make that connection, or they just want to connect in that way. And they just, you know, there's always that little question mark, I guess. 
Yeah. And I, I get like this lump in my throat because I remember growing up, like my father was my hero. Mm-hmm. My environment was treacherous. But the weekends, oh. You look forward to them. The weekends were incredible. My father lived about five, six blocks away mm-hmm. from me and my mom. And I lived in an apartment where my mother and a few of our uncles lived in and in Brooklyn. And it was during the early 80s, mid 80s. And it was it was treacherous. Yeah, it's crazy time. It was a crazy time. And uh, again, I saw things that I don't think any five, six year old should be seen or experiencing. But those weekends were just like, yeah. You were like looking forward to it. Like, can't wait. Oh, man. My you father. were like in a different world, probably, yeah, right? Like, I was. You were looking although forward I was six, to... Yeah, although I was six blocks away, I was in a different world. Environment. Yeah. It was safe. It was fun. My, my father... My father was that guy, like, he took us to the beach. He was, like, he's, he was filled with energy. and That's what I say about my dad. And, like, how in the world you had energy after work to take these six kids to Flushing Meadows Park? Crazy, right? My father would take me, my cousins, and my friends, and we go to the beach. Yeah, my father took the block. I told, Well, I don't think I said it all here. My father had a school bus. School bus. <laughs> we had a mini school bus growing up. Like, that was our family car. It was extremely embarrassing. But now, every I think you did mention it. Maybe. But now, like, people like, yo, your father with this. Everybody loved the school bus, but. Yeah, but like, he didn't want to be corny with a yellow school bus. So it was painted blue. It was blue. It was a blue and white school bus. But guess what was inside? A sofa, a hammock. Uh, <laughs> now, one time that she mentioned a seatbelt. Yeah, a crate. So you could sit in the front, you know, like that was the front seat, the crate. <laughs> anyway, wow. it, was, it was a very dangerous, but everybody loved it. My father has six kids. We have friends. He was taking everybody to the park skating. But, wow. you know, that, like you said, the environments, the dad, th- those hero dads. Those hero dads. And my father was like, my God, like it was crazy. And my father was strict, but... I was, I look past that. Like he was just, and strict may, strict may be like subjective. Well, maybe not because I was allowed to do things on my mother's side that I just wasn't allowed to do on my father's yeah, side. Like I'll just behave here. Yeah. Yeah. So again, <laughs> and I had no choice. My father's authoritative. He's tall. He's strong. He's a military man. <laughs> he's a military man. And when my father speaks, like you need to fall in line. Yeah. So he's that guy. And uh, so every weekend it was like, oh, snap. And those weekends that we didn't go to the beach or we didn't go to Great Adventure, just being uh, with him was amazing. My uncle was a DJ. My uncle had like every single <laughs> album. It's crazy because my uncle had the living room set up. I I mean, you would have thought this dude was going to turn into like he was like, like a, a DJ, DJ Paulie D or, or DJ Jazzy Jeff for my old school people. Like my uncle had Funk everything Flex. like, yeah, my uncle would have been like, he should have been the Dominican Funk Flex because he had, <laughs> I'm talking about crates and Which crates and crates. Angel. Oh, okay. Angel was the coolest dude. So here I am. I mean, that was my first experience to run DMC walk this way. Like I'm watching this. And so my father, my father exposed me to like hip hop mm-hmm. back then. So again, my father was super dope. Like my father was just, he was dope. And, um, and then my mother passes away in in 89, as I shared in another podcast. And I go to live with my dad who just remarried, like I shared in the other podcast and boom, it just didn't feel like my weekend. Yeah, I was exactly like, who this? I was like, who said that? (laughs) (laughs) so i was like whoa when he was like bed is at nine you know 9 p.m start getting ready i was like who said that 
You're like, I used to go, I go to bed whenever I want. Yeah, when he was like, be home by like five o'clock before the sun went down. I was like, huh? <laughs> and uh, so, and making sure that my schoolwork was on, was on point. point. My father was, my father didn't play with school. So it was really different. And I think that my father going, you know, just getting married and managing a new relationship after a horrific failed one, because mm-hmm. the one with my mom, from what I know, was horrific. And I don't think my mother made it easy for my dad because my mother was real um, confrontational. Mm -hmm. And I think she did and said some things that brought a lot of uneasiness to him. So he was dealing with a lot of his old, just, I guess, traumas from that relationship. And I'm not saying he was perfect because I'm sure he did some stuff and that caused my mother to react react and she but she reacted for months and years maybe she kept it she kept she it. held on to She's it like i'm holding on to this thing brother and uh so yeah i'm with him and his new wife and like i shared i was just i was kind of messed up as a kid because i i was i never really spoke about my mom's i never spoke about my mom's passing and i didn't i wasn't in therapy or anything like that and it got to a place where me and my father were like just at odds. So mm-hmm. here I am, I'm 12 years old and now I'm questioning, does this man love me? Yeah. Because there were times that he would say things like, I'm tired of you. And I shared this in, in, um, in another, in the other podcast mm-hmm. and the other episode. And I started to internalize that. Yeah. I started to think like, he doesn't love me. Cause he went from this dad who was like lovey dovey and he would always hug me and kiss me and stuff like that. To uh, just it just seemed mean, like from a child's but, perspective. Yeah, from a child's perspective, because when structure comes in, now Come structure is coming in. Come on. So structure seems mean when you were in this free environment. Come on. And it's not that he was being mean; he just was being structured. So yeah. now he's teaching you disciplines that you never had. Come on. He's bringing disciplines into your life. He's bringing like these things into your life that are like. Um, life changing because yeah. you're you had these freedoms even though you were just ten years old you had these crazy freedoms but then your step your dad steps in and is like okay this is what structure looks like and structure anybody knows that if they were out of structure and come into structure mm. it's aggressive cool. it feels wow. aggressive and you like what That's no it feels aggressive so it is how you interpret it because you're not well developed and mm-hmm. nobody's really walking you through it. It seems like, okay, you just picking on me. And how could you pick on me after everything I've been through? Yeah. But you're not communicating that because you don't know how to communicate that because you're 12 years old. Because I'm 12. And my father here is being a husband to his new wife. And he was, uh, sometimes he would be away, right? Because he was in the army and stuff like that. Yeah, so he would go away like a weekend. But yeah. by the time I went with him, he didn't go away for long periods oh, okay. of time. Okay. He was like a weekend and like once a also, month a week. Okay. So yeah, he would, you know, not, but he was more present than non-present. Okay. And, uh, but yeah, he's dealing with, you know, I'm sure he's going through like become being a husband. And at the same time, I never really had to share my father. So now I'm, I'm like, man, does he love me? I'm I'm questioning all this at 12 years old. And I remember one time I felt ease because he, uh, I got in trouble at school and I was like, oh my gosh, he's going to beat me when I get home, when he gets home. And I just remember I was sleeping on the sofa And when he got home, he just sat next to me and he hugged me. And honestly, that was the last time he ever hugged me. I was about 12 years old. And 
I felt so much comfort in that time. It felt like everything was going to be good. But that was just the last time he hugged me. And after that, it just seemed like life got crazy because I remember I was sick one time and I called my godmother and I was complaining. I was home alone. And um, I was like, man, I want to go with you because that was familiar. I had my bro- my godbrothers. They were my brothers. I spent so much time with my godmother being with her felt like just being in my mother's house. And um, my father caught wind of this because my godmother, of course, in her compassion and just love for me. She's calling him like, what are you leaving him alone? He's sick. He's that mind you. My father had to work and my, yeah. they, they, they had to provide. People. Yeah. yeah. So um, he didn't leave me alone. Like, you know, I just had a little fever. I had like a hundred and they were guiding me throughout the day calling. But I, I remember like he, she calls and oh my gosh, my father was so irate that I was running from him and I'm running around my, my stepmother and my stepmother's like telling him like, calm down, like stop, because he was going to beat the living daylights out of me. And I was so scared and I was screaming and I was crying and I was running from him. And thank God for my stepmother, but I, he may have caught me a few times, but <laughs> it wasn't enough to like really catch me. And um, I was just like, I was terrified after that. And at that moment, I I disconnected from my godmother. I never called her again. At that moment, I knew, I knew like that life was done or I, that's how I, that's how you interpret it. I was like, that that life is over. And Mm -hmm. it just, it, you know, it's weird because I was, I was in that environment and then I'm with my dad and I'm trying to go back to what I, what, what What you're comfortable with, which is our natural response. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and then, I go through these like terrifying moments, like, oh my gosh, my dad is going to beat me. And after that, like, I just, things just, I just was so unstable. And in school, I was up and down. And the only thing I had was sports. And me and my father would have our moments. I remember he would race with me and stuff like that, but then I would behave bad. And just his tone sometimes would just, it would just get me. Like, it was, it was re- an author- authoritative tone. So yeah. it's not that I'm like, because uh, thinking of our teenagers when they went into teenage life, you know how hard. I mean, they still teenagers, but how hard the beginning stages of that, yeah, were. I yeah. mean, you remember the beginning of teenage it life? I was like, these it was kids. like this is crazy because teenagers are also trying to find themselves. They're yeah. in an age now; they're like trying to find their niche and trying to like find themselves. So for them, it's a it's a weird stage. Yeah. So for you, it's a weird stage. In so many different areas, you had a a lot of different challenges. And then again, your father having to deal with now having a teenager going into teenage life and stuff like that. So to navigate all that, it's it's a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot because with parent, like I said, with me and you having our home and having a structure and then our our boys hitting teenagers, you're like, what in the... Yeah. Who are you? Who are you? Yeah. So... And then fast forward, I get to this moment around 13, 14, where things start to become worse. Mm-hmm. Um, again, from a, me behaving, just misbehaving, I wasn't crazy. Because you, you're challenged. It becomes worse because you're challenging his authority now. Yeah, now ch- you're challenging his authority. So the environment becomes worse because you haven't even adapted to the structure that was already set in place and in like the first said, place. Yeah. And like you said, nobody walked me through it. So mm-hmm. I didn't have like therapy. I didn't have any of that stuff. I didn't have somebody sitting down with me saying, Hey, I I know this must've been tough. Like you lost your mom and Mm -hmm. everything that you knew is no longer there from one day to the next. Literally that's, 
because I disconnected from my mom's side of the family. Yeah. Um, these were uncles that were in my life every day. Mm-hmm. Good or bad, they were in my life every day. Yeah. And um, so I went from having them in my life to my mom to eventually, boom. Now I'm in a whole different environment with structure. And it, fast forward, um, now we get to this place where now me and my dad are having these outrageous, like, just fights, you know, to say, I mean, and now we're at this point where, like, he doesn't talk to me in the house. He will, He's walking by me like if I don't even exist. I kid you not, that was worse than beatings. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. Like when I think about it, it's crazy because I can't imagine doing that to my son because the emotional impact that that has, honestly, is like everlasting. Yeah. Because when I think about how I used to feel and my response to that was I wouldn't talk back to him. I wouldn't speak to him neither because. You're just ignoring each other. Yeah. We just got to that place and. I don't honestly like we went through that for like up until I left the house mm-hmm. and it was like we just didn't talk. Yeah. And he would walk in. I remember this one day I'm in the living room and I'm watching TV and he walked in from work. He walked in. He walked right by me like I wasn't even on the sofa. Went to the bathroom, went about his stuff. And I remember that day like if it was yesterday. And I remember thinking like, wow, this dude really don't love me. Mm-hmm. Like that was my thought. It was never anything else. Yeah. It wasn't, I hate this guy. Uh, he's such a, it was like, oh, this dude don't like, I can't believe my father doesn't talk to me. Now I wasn't talking to him, mm-hmm. but he wasn't talking to me. Yeah. Who's right in that situation? Who's wrong? I personally believe, I personally believe it is the parent's responsibility to walk a child through something. Mm-hmm. If they get to a place where the child is just at this place of just being uncontrollable and then yeah. I get it, then you have to step back a little bit. But yeah, we didn't talk for, for man, I want to say for years. Like there was one time where I was like counting. That's crazy. And I know we were like a year in. And when I say not talking, I'm not, talk- I'm not like if he said throw out the garbage, like, oh, throw out the garbage. But we didn't t- have conversations but with him. No, it's not like, how was your day? And this no, and that, that conversation. I uh, can't remember one day where me and my father sat down and he was like, how was your day? Yeah. I don't remember one day. I, I remember my, my, my last hug. Remember, you know, trauma be like making stuff go away. Like so let's, it blocks that out. Sometimes yeah. it blocks out experiences. So you probably did have it, but yeah, the, the overwhelming response, the overwhelming thought is again, remember the negative, the negative, the overwhelming thought is the negative. So there might've been, but what you remember yeah. and what stands out is yeah. the negative, you know? Yeah. And like I said, I, I'm a person. I'm. I'm remember moments. Like I remember yeah. the first time me and my. You're just saying ate, with the the hug. Yeah. So that's why. Like I'm a moments guy. Like I remember the first time me and my girlfriend in eighth grade broke up. I heard a song that was playing in somebody's <laughs> car. SWV. I guess so weak in the knees. So when I hear that song, it brings me to that moment. Yeah, I was on a payphone on Metropolitan <laughs> Avenue. Like I remember that vividly. I remember that feeling of that hug. Yeah. Because it was so like he. He was like. I love you. It was so comforting. Yeah. So you, but then, it stood out. It stood yeah. Out so 
eventually I, I leave the house and the relationship is even worse. Yeah. From the moment I left, the relationship is worse. Now we just, I never uttered words like I hate my father. Yeah. Because I didn't. I, mm-hmm. I never hated my dad. I didn't feel that. Uh, I, I could be, I, honestly, I didn't. I, it, it was like a strained relationship and I yeah. could identify because like with me, I had strained relationship with co- close family and it's like, it's, I had described it as feeling like a death, but the person's alive. Mm. So the pain of that, of that loss of that close person or that uh, parent or sibling, you feel that. So it's not that you hate that person, but you feel the strain of a lost relationship. Yeah. And it's, and it's painful. It's painful. And I want to get back to that. But uh, so I get to this place. Where me and my dad for years were not talking. And then me and you get married. Mm-hmm. Leading and, up to our marriage is because you went you went to live with them. Yeah, I went back to live with them. Yeah. And uh, that didn't last too long because... No, you lived with them until we got married. Did I? That's uh, the, the, the last couple of months. Okay, so before that, I married. tried living again with them and... um. Because that's where I told that, you to get back with me and stuff like yeah, that. So you yeah. were like. I kind of was house hopping at the time. So I wasn't fully. <laughs> that's why. No, no. I was living in different places. I wasn't fully with them. Okay. Okay. So I remember um, I try to go back and I speak to my, com- my, my, my mom. And she's like, she's like, yeah, come back home, you know, because she's super sweet. And I remember I'm, I'm older, you know, I'm like in my 20s at this point. And I'm thinking I'm going to go back so I can save money. Like, I'm literally thinking that way. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't want to pay rent no more. And uh, I remember I'm standing in the kitchen and I hear them arguing in the in his in their room. And he was like, I don't know why you why you brought him back. I don't want him here. Yo. That that crushed me. In your 20s. Oh, my God. God, I must have been about, yeah, 19, 20 years old. I was like, mm-hmm. man, I want to save money. And um, he said it. He didn't say it with me, <laughs> hoping that I would hear him. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think. So, if they were in the room. <laughs> it's like the, So the like, moment he said that, in my mind, I was like, I don't live here. So I would just sleep there, but I would go out. Sometimes I won't even sleep there during the night because mm-hmm. I just was like, I'm not wanted here. Like that was just, and I didn't dwell on it. I just kind of like, oh, okay, he don't want me here, whatever. So we didn't have a good relationship. Eventually I left. You left at the age of 16, came back around early 20s, left again. Yeah, left again. I left it right away because then it was like, yo, Chino, you're not sleeping here. We don't know when you're coming home. So it wasn't like, it wasn't yeah, it, good. Yeah, it, it didn't produce good. Yeah, no, it wasn't good. I wasn't in the right space. So I, again, I, he said that and it just... And it stuck with you. Those were, they like darts. They like darts to your heart. So you're Words like, hurt. ah. Yeah. Oh, that was another thing. What, what we said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is a lie from the pit of hell. It's a lie. That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, that's a lie. Like people, come on, man. Words, words do hurt. hurt. Words are like, oh my goodness. They pierce that heart of yours and you with that pain and you like, I cannot believe that person said that. So Yeah, so I I mean, I, I know men who are in their 40s and 50s and 60s who are still dealing with words that have affected them from a parent mm-hmm. and they, they cry. But um, so yeah, I remember that and I just kind of, you know, I was going clubbing and I was just doing my thing and I was like, man, it is what it is. This ain't a good relationship. And I didn't work at it. 
Yeah, you and, didn't even try. Yeah, yeah. And I'm even than my dad. And at that point, because I was such a disappointment, like I dropped out of high school. I, I was supposed to play baseball. The dream was for me to go to college and play baseball. And everything that my father wanted me to do, I didn't do. And part of that was on purpose. Yeah. That was my rebellion. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be, I'm, I don't want to be anything like you. Like, I remember saying that. I don't mm-hmm. want to be anything like you. I don't want to be nothing like him. And I remember just in my ignorance, in my youth, yeah, just thinking that. And when I think about it now, Rebecca, like, I'm like, man, like, when I look back at those moments, my father, like you say, he was bringing discipline and structure yeah, to a chaotic environment, which mm-hmm. was my life. Mm-hmm. Now, there were some areas where he could have done better. Yeah. But there was a lot of areas where he did really well. He provided for me. Mm-hmm. I had clothes. I had food. I, you know, I had great moments. There was yeah. still great moments during that time. I had a mom. Boom. Nosa mm-hmm. was there. And they were being the best parents they could be, mm-hmm. according to what they knew. Yeah. First of all, Nosa, freshly married, didn't have a kid yet. Now she has me. She doesn't have me to mold me. She has me at 12, 10 years old. So mm-hmm. like you said, can you imagine what she was going through? Mm-hmm. Now my dad, who has to manage the new wife, who has to get through what he's been through in the past. And now he has me. I'm already trained in a certain way to mm-hmm. say I'm, I'm coming in with my, with what I know and what I believe life to be in my short 10 years. And now my father's managing all that. So we go through that. I remember those words and I'm just like, man, this is crazy. And then we get married and things are okay on a surface level with him. Mm-hmm. Things are okay. Yeah, we were going to visit. We started going, you know, we yeah. started going around a lot more when we yeah. leading up to our marriage. And then after our marriage, we started coming around a lot more. Yeah. And I started going to church and then I become a youth pastor and then I'm preaching to teenagers. And then, it go, you know, before I knew it, I'm preaching to like, hundreds of kids Mm -hmm. and one day i felt like god was like yo you gotta make things right with your dad no but then we had stopped speaking to them for a little bit a little bit yeah Yeah, it's like something happened yeah and you're like that's it we disconnecting and that is it we we just live our lives and that's it yeah and that was easy for me Mm -hmm. the way i felt i was like that's just easy for me and uh yeah we disconnected i'm i'm we and that was like er, like early, early in our very, marriage. Yeah, very probably early. like the first three years. The kids were really Yeah, little. it was like the first five years of the... Er, yeah, yeah, it must have been with them years one through three. Yeah, so we disconnected. You're like, we're just going to disconnect. And I'm like, all right, because again, in our relationship, Chino didn't really bring me around the family too much. So they were around um, up to the wedding like that time. And then when he said that, I was like, all right. Whatever. Yeah, so we we disconnect and then I remember I'm, I'm I'm preaching like Friday after Friday and I'm seeing young people impacted and lives are changing and relationships are being restored and parents are calling me and principals are like and I felt like God was like, "Yo, you got to make things right with your dad." So I remember I'm in my GNG van. Mm-hmm. I'm in East New York and I pull over and I'm like, "I got to call my father." Mhm. I don't even know if I told you this story, how this went down. So I call my father and I'm like, hey, man, you know, I know things have been a certain way, but I just want to apologize. And my father goes in. But you da 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 da. He's he's kind of just going in on me. And immediately. I just start screaming at him. 
And now I'm yelling at him and I'm telling him he's whatever. I don't remember exactly what I'm saying. I'm disrespecting him at this point. I felt disrespected. So I'm going to disrespect him. So you reacted. So I reacted. And I was like, it is what it is, whatever. Boom. And I just keep doing, keep doing life. And and I'm like, of course I failed the test because God didn't say he's going to apologize to you or God just said, Chino, apologize to your dad, mate. You know, and that's it. Like, yeah, he just, make, he just leave it there. Yeah, just leave it there. But in my immaturity, I was expecting him. You're like, okay, I did this. Okay, what what are you going to say now? What are you going to say? Because I'm walking around with hurt. I'm walking around with unsettled, unresolved issues mm-hmm. based on my relationship with you. You didn't live up. You didn't live up to who you were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I'm walking around like that. There's yeah. a level of entitlement. Yeah. I'm in the church. I'm. I'm. It was like leading. a prideful call. Yeah, a little it was bit. prideful. I'm leading, so I'm like, okay, boom. What's what's up with you now? Mm-hmm. Share your dirt. And after that, it was done. Like that was the icing. It's like on it the went cake. silent for years. For years. years. So my father didn't see my kids grow up. No. My father didn't see them grow up, and I think I remember after that. He he had called me because something happened with like my a fin- my financial aid and they took money from him. It was some crazy thing. And I remember I'm like, listen, man, we struggling right now. I don't have the money right now. He was like, I, I was I was like, what you want me to do? He was like, I don't care about what's going on in your life. And he like he uttered those words. And I was like, what? And I just went in yeah, and I anytime, hung up. And that was the thing. Anytime you had an interaction with him, it yeah. was like such a bad interaction. You like, I spoke to my father and it was such a bad interaction. It was like a bumping of the heads, like crazy. You used to come so frustrated oh and God heated and like oh you were like oh it would mess your whole attitude up it would just yeah. it would just mess with you it would mess with me and when he said that i was like so you don't care about my kids that's fine you ain't never gonna see them anyway and yo we for years for years mm-hmm. like my father didn't see them growing up to say there was a large portion of their life yeah. where they even when we they they even were like they would ask about him but i don't want to get ahead of myself they would ask about him and then Years go on and one day someone comes to me and is like, yo, your father's mad at you because somebody told him that you were talking bad about him. And this is 2017. Now this, now I know the dates from this point on. We went to a, a birthday party though. Went to a birthday like we party. we showed up one time yeah, before yeah. that. So they were here. They were like. Instances. Yeah. yeah Again, but, these are your parents. So yeah, like. We went to a birthday party. It was, but that. To me, I'm like, I don't know if that's relevant because everybody has those little moments where, like, no, because it was like for me, it was with what I'm bring. Why I'm bringing it up is I remember the kids seeing him for the first time in that birthday party. Oh yes, like, that's what brought up their, the questions. Good their point. older age, yeah, yeah, so they point. were like, oh my god, that's they look so much alike. That's dad's dad. My youngest son yeah, was, they were like, he was he couldn't believe Noah it. He couldn't was just like it. staring at him, like. This is a splitting image of this is dad. So it was so cute at yeah, the same time. I know it was cute. I look just like my father. Yeah, me and my so, father. Look, I like today. You can't tell. Like I mean, you could tell that Gino's his son. Like oh yeah, there's like, no denying it. Today I looked at myself in the mirror. Today this morning, and I said, "Damn, you look just like your father." So Noah was just like in shock. He was like, in shock. Yo, this is. I think he was like nine or so, and yeah. then we didn't see again. So then we didn't see, and then um. We go, we go to another party, not that party, but I met someone from your family was like, yo, your father's mad at you because somebody told him this, this, and that. And I was like, what? (laughs) 
I was like, first of all, I haven't even spoken to my father. And what that that's a lie. I never said that. So now I'm irate. Mm-hmm. This is 2017. I'm working at YouTube. I'm, f- I'm working for YouTube TV. Life is be- life is much better now than it was the last time me and my father had a blowout. Yeah. So at this point, we've been serving the Lord some years. At this point, I'm, we were walking in who we believe God called us to be. And our fa- the family is a unit at this point uh, from a from a financial standpoint, things are really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I call my, I'm, I'm remember I'm at the Google office and I go into a conference room and I'm like, I'm gonna call my father. I call him and I'm like, Hey man, um, I just wanted to call you because I heard this and you, and he's like, yeah, you know, this is what you were saying. And I'm like, listen, so you had a conversation with this person and they told you that. Yeah. And I said, so what, what else did they tell you? Did they tell you that I said, I'm the man that I am today because of you? Did they, so he's quiet. I said, did they tell you that I believe that my family is whole because of you? Because that's what I said also. And he's just quiet. I said, let me tell you something. I am the man that I am today because of you. Mm -hmm. I love my family and my family is whole. Because of you, you had a part in that. I said, I saw you work hard. I said, and work hard. I said, do you know today I make I make a six figure salary? Because I saw your work ethic. So now I'm going in. Mm-hmm. And I said, why don't we do something? Why don't we just get together for dinner or something? And he was like, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. I said, okay, great. Let's do that. Bye. We hang up. A month goes by. I call him back. Hey, so what are we going to do? We gonna? He's like, yeah, yeah, let's get together. Let's. So then we end up getting together. That was like the first time. Mm-hmm. And I remember when the boys seen him again, they were just like, like Noah was so drawn to him. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's almost like they didn't miss a beat. Mm-hmm. And it's like God, I, God restored the years. Yeah, because we... uh. We we start going out to dinner. It's 2017. We're going into 2018. And it's like, that was an answer to prayer. And I'll share a little bit about that. But my my kids were like, I remember my fa- my, my father's holding them. He's, yeah, hugging, he's hugging them. them. Yeah. And Noah is not like affectionate in that way, but Noah's hugging them back. Yeah, it's like with certain people, Noah's Yeah, like with certain people, Noah's... He's not an affectionate... Yeah, if you acting up, if your character is shady, Noah catches that. He just has that discernment. <laughs> Um, so, (laughs) so, um, anyway, so we're going through that and we, we start to form this, our relationship is building up and we're going out and now we're going out more. You, our family, family, my parents and my little sister who was kind of like in this, she was on, she's 11 years younger than me. So she would just stay out of everything. Yeah. And, you know, we 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 continue to talk a little bit. But in it. the meantime, in, in that time in the gap where where there was no like interaction, there were a lot of times that Chino would feel that. There were a lot of times that he did cry for his dad. There were a lot of times that he was vulnerable and like, man, I just miss my dad. Yeah. I wish he was part of our lives. And he was like, I need to pray. And we will pray. I believe like because we were praying so much for that relationship. Because at the same time, it's like, man, I want my kids to know their grandfather. I want them to, you know, have that interaction and get to know them and and God, you know, he how he brought it all together is like they didn't miss a beat. They, no. you know, 
when the kids were with him, it's like an immediate, it was like an immediate connection yeah. with with him. It was an immediate like, oh, you know, grandpa, yeah. oh, are we going to see them? They yeah. Then they were excited to see them yeah. and excited to look for them and let's go and let's see them. Are we going to go this week? So, you know, and he he's able to bond with them. Even now he's able to bond yeah. with them and it, it was like nothing nothing missed no like nothing wasted like there they was a, say yeah there was a full like restoration and i remember um i'm sitting on their sofa one day and me and my father my father loved sports some of my best moments when my dad were like watching michael jordan play back mm-hmm. in the day watching the yankees play like the real yankees when it was like paul o'neill and Derek jeter and you know all them guys even don Mattingly. so we we go as for like I, my my awesome moments were just watching sports with my father we were big into sports and um we're sitting on his sofa a few years ago and we're talking about just sports and we now we're talking about life mm-hmm. so at first we we're talking but you could tell we're treading it's, lightly yeah <laughs> surface is like right? tread lightly baby yeah, yeah. tread my, lightly baby my father is firm in his beliefs and opinions and so am i uh, but I get it. Baby boomers, they're like, there's no changing mm-hmm. their minds. Right. And there's no expectation of that. And I, I went into it feeling that like, yo, man, this is this is a seat. This is a different time. There's no ex- crazy expectations. I'm just happy to be yeah. around my father. I'm God, I believe connection. that you answered this prayer because that was that transition ended up being smooth. The conversation, the phone call, you know. About the rumors, what got crazy, but the conversation was, I think, the smoothest conversation yeah. you ever had. Ever had. It was 2017. Dad. Yeah, and it was 2017. I remember the year. And you were like, man, I had such a great conversation with my dad. Mm-hmm. And you were like, it, it was like a kid. And that's what I'm saying. The connection with your biological parent um sometimes it's like oh my god you were so excited you like yo it was good i'm gonna meet with my dad and and we're gonna you know we're finally gonna meet i feel like it's good god is good and and it was like a child being excited yeah you know when you like excited you come out of school you excited to see your parent or you you just excited just that excitement that childlike excitement and that's what you had like just making that reconnection with your father. You were so excited. And I was so excited for you like to see that. And I'm like, man, God is so good because it's like a desire. You know, like sometimes we praying for things and sometimes we wanting things. And it seems like so long. It's like, oh my goodness, is this going to happen? And when I tell you that looked like, that looked like a no. Like from the outside and the natural, that relationship being restored was an absolute no. Yeah. Like that, that was... Like in the natural was done, but the prayer, like being consistent in prayer, trusting that even though it didn't look like it could be done, that we wanted that. And that it was a desire of your heart and God gave you the desire of your heart and that, and it was, it almost happened overnight, but it's not overnight. It's prayer and time and 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 believing and trusting and and having faith and having hope. But it seemed like overnight and it's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. So even a little cut right here. But even if you're waiting for something, if you're if you're if you've been praying for something for years like me, I feel like I'm in an answered prayer now for something I've been praying for for years. And and I'm living in that prayer right now. And it took a long time and it took a lot of crying and it took a lot of like, you know, belief, belief, 
But I'm like, nah, I serve a good God. He said it is going to come. And that's that's how we were believing for your dad. And that's how you have to believe for your life, whatever. If it's a lost relationship, it's a broken relationship, maybe, you know, with with a dad, with a mom, with a sibling, whatever it is, believe that relationship. Because when I tell you that is going to come and as, as long as you trust and come hope, on. even if it looks so obnoxious like mm. there is no way this is gonna happen that's what i thought come on that's what gino thought there is no way this is gonna happen but you don't know what surrounding situations will bring you before that person and it's not like oh how did this happen no that is your answered prayer right there and you might be standing before your answered prayer so don't mm. give up hope come don't on. stop praying don't count it as lost and be like that's it it's over if that's a desire of your heart to reconnect Believe me, God is going to bring it around. Hold on. And let me tell you, going back to the story that I had started, I love that you mentioned that because we're sitting on this sofa watching sports and we're talking and now we're talking about life and different things. And I could tell that my dad is just proud of me. I could see it in him. Mm -hmm. He just, I could tell. And we were talking and he made a comment and he said, Chino, you know, you know, the past is the past, man. And things happen and we get through them. And the past is the past. And when he said that, a light bulb went in, a com- went off in my head. A comfort overtook me, a peace. Because mm-hmm. I automatically thought to myself, my father just apologized. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, it was like everything just, it just was like everything just it just went away. Yeah. And I loved every moment of it. And I said, Lord, all thank the pain you. went away. <clears throat> yeah. All the pain went away. And from that moment on, man, we're like we we just been, you know, we FaceTime every week. I know. They and, have a phenomenal relationship now. It's yeah. it's like it's better. Like it's it, be- it yeah. got, and that's another thing. When God brings yeah. it back around, Rebecca let me tell in. you something because I'm telling you, when He brings it back around fully, like when both people are willing, yeah. um, and He brings that back around, man, it's like better than you've ever, ever, ever imagined. And just seeing that, even with the boys, how He is with the boys, how He is with you, how He is with me, it's a, it's just an amazing relationship. And it's just I see it. It's like so wonderful. I'm thankful for them. Like yeah. you know, they are an amazing, amazing couple. They're amazing in-laws, you know. Yeah. And my father's checking in. I mean, we had COVID. He drove all the way. Oh my goodness. Yeah. When we had when we had that long COVID. (laughs) Yeah, he drove all the way out here. You know, my my mom, she cooked us some. She made made food for the week. She She, made food for the kids separate. She made us soup. She bought she did this whole food shopping on top of that. And you know, they're just amazing. They're like amazing. And and I, I love my father and my father has always been a good man but we're parents and we're learning like we spoke like my father didn't have therapy in his days he didn't have that he parented me according to what he knew and sometimes tough love is needed and Mm -hmm. i believe i needed it because it it was a way for me to really think about my actions and what my responses as i grew up yeah because there's a lot of things that you refer to as your dad my dad told me this that dad told me that my dad told me this and this so there were a lot of lessons in that so yeah we had our moments and i do believe that it's the responsibility of a parent 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is what it is, whether it happens that way or not, it is what it is. But I believe that there was a moment where I felt like the the leading of the Holy Spirit to just reach out to him and say, yo, this is what it is. And we rekindled that relationship and that relationship was restored. And like we said, it was an answer to prayer. Yeah. And throughout this time for the past eight years or so, like six years or whatever it may be, our relationship has just been amazing. And yeah. it has, there, there've been some moments here and there where I feel like a little trigger, but I'm like, Lord, like, I'm just thankful for this relationship. And you know what? That's not really a trigger. That's just a moment. And boom, I get over it. And, but man, our we're conversations. Emotional, we're emotional beings. So there yeah. are going to be things that are like, oh, and then you're like, wait, where did that come from? And then you're trauma back to yeah, that yeah. There, there's little things that's like wait what? but i want to cherish every moment i have with my father yeah because you're like man so much time wasted but again it, it when you look in hindsight it's like wow it was so it was restored like yeah. 10 times over and, and he's always been a phenomenal guy mm-hmm. like my father is a a a right standing man. Like my dad is big on morals. Yeah. His character. Like he's big on doing the right thing. Yeah. He's empathetic. My father is, he's one of those guys, but he, he loves tough, you know, like yeah. he's, he comes from that old school yeah, time, he's right? Love. He's a baby boomer. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yo man up. It's like, yo, get it right. So a, a lot of them guys didn't, they weren't, they didn't grow up how, you know, they didn't grow up in this world. Mm-hmm. They grew up in a world where like if you if if you broke your arm in the morning, you had to still go to work and go to the doctor after yeah. and get that fixed. They grew up in that. Yeah. So that's how they parented. And did it always work? No. But did it instill some values in me that mm-hmm. I can see now? Yes, it did. It was needed. And God is a restorer of all things. So I'm so grateful for my father, man. Uh, if you're listening to this and you have a, a strained relationship. I just want to encourage you to not lose hope. I want you to know that if you continue to pray and if you if you're intentional about even pursuing a relationship or restoring a relationship in prayer, it's okay with action. You know, faith without works is dead. So if you if you have if you apply action and you say and your heart is right and you go before maybe your father or your mom or that sibling or that relative that you have a fallout with it's okay to apologize don't expect anything in return yeah do it for you yeah it's not enough i'm not apologizing to seek an apology that's not an apology then Mm -hmm. that's That's not not. an apology it's it's disingenuous so it's better that if when you're ready when you just do it for you Mm -hmm. and 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 it's okay it's okay to be vulnerable it's okay to say listen this i want things to be right And if you're not there yet, I pray, my prayer is that you get there. Mm -hmm. So, man, thank you so much for tuning in. I I hope that this blesses your heart. I pray that you find some comfort in this. And I pray that we were able to add some value and some insight to what you're going through, because we know that life is life and we know that relationships have their ups and their downs. So continue to rock with us. We love you guys. Continue to stay on this journey with us stay connected if you know somebody who could use this podcast today just share it with them and and be we're blessed to be a blessing thanks for listening to this episode of growing up married make sure you like and comment on your favorite podcast platform as well as subscribe so that you never miss an episode